y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing Megan. Megan is an artist who, y'all, you need to run and you need to go find her um, album somewhere, anywhere you can find it. And download it. Go on Amazon. I will put the link in the, Am- in the notes for the Amazon playlist. She has such an amazing voice, and you'll see in our interview that I actually put her on the spot, which I totally forget that sometimes singers need to warm up, but I put her on the spot, and she does an amazing job with her voice, and her voice is just really super amazing. Um, and Ain't Nobody by Chaka Khan, this girl can belt those pipes out. So, I, like I said, I will put in the show notes where you can find her album. And I hope you really enjoyed this interview that I have with Megan. So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today I am joined by Megan, and it's amazing. Um, she she has an amazing voice, and she's coming out with her debut album. And so it's talks about "Let Me Introduce Myself" as a new song, one of the songs on the album, which I absolutely love. But I think my favorite one was um, "17." I think that was my total favorite one. But Megan, tell us a little about yourself. So um, this is this is my first um, independent album, but I was with a band before this called Marigold that I did some touring and stuff with. It was a, a different genre that was kind of rock focused, and this is a little more pop soul infused. Um, I grew up in Seattle, and I'm a current Bostonian, and uh, like you said, just released my first uh, solo album, so I'm pretty excited. Now, in your bio, it says that you're classically trained. What were you classically trained in? So when I was about 12, my parents decided that they would put me in in voice lessons. But my dad, who has always been an enthusiast of classical voice, said that the only way he would do it is if it was a classically trained teacher that I studied with. So I started with classical voice when I was about 11 or 12 and studied opera for, for years. I actually went to college for for opera, sang, doing that for forever. So that's kind of the foundation for um, for everything that I've done since then. Wow. How do you make the transition from opera to soul, pop, rock, R&B? Well, I've always, I mean, I've, my, my heart has always been in like soul and R&B from, you know, Stevie Wonder and, and Aretha Franklin and Gladys Knight to Mariah Carey and Whitney and you know, current singers like Pink and Jawstone. I just, I love the energy of the music. You know, it's, I'm a huge Prince fan. I always have been. So that Mm -hmm. kind of has always motivated me um, emotionally when it comes to music. And 
that so even though I have roots and some of that other stuff, that's I've always been drawn back to that that you know kind of foundation. So um did you write any of the songs on your album or did you co-collaborate or how did you work that out? So I collaborated on all the songs with the exception of one. The song This Is Gonna Hurt on the album was written by Stephen McKnight, who is the producer. I actually previously recorded that song for him to do as an adult contemporary track and everything else we co-wrote together um, during the course of, of the recording process over the last couple of years. And there's a familiar song, a cover on this, on this um, album that I'm absolutely, I was jamming on it right before we got on because ain't nobody, I love that song. You know, Girl, you killed it. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of Shaka Khan. She's, she's a legend. I mean, she's just like undeniably one of the most incredible powerhouse vocalists ever. So I wanted to take something that has always inspired me musically and kind of reinvent it in a way that I don't feel like is trying to duplicate somebody that I have the, the utmost respect for, you know, doing it in a way that's kind of more in line with the stuff that I'm doing and also still paying homage to a person that I have tremendous respect for, you know. So what did it mean when you first heard that song? Because you just said you had tremendous respect. Has she heard it or no? I have no idea. I mean, if, if she if she were to hear it at any point, I would hope that she would receive it in the manner in which it's intended, which is just to, to pay homage to how mm -hmm. fantastic she is as an artist and, and a songwriter and a, and a singer. And just that, that it's a wonderful piece of art that I was able to interpret in my own way, you know? So what age did you decide you wanted to become a singer? You know, actually it's it's kind of a funny story. When I was a when I was a really young kid, I had a, a high school or a, I'm sorry, an elementary um, choir teacher who thought that I sang too loudly. So I, I actually wasn't allowed to sing with the rest of the choir. I was I, I played like percussive instruments in the corner because I'm I'm super loud. Um, so I didn't sing for for a number of years. And then in junior high, I uh, got this incredible choral teacher who forced me to sing for a fine arts credit. And I rediscovered my love and passion for music, you know, and, and it was kind of all downhill from there. I've been doing it ever since at the top of my lungs. <laughs> my parents' chagrin, I'm sure. <laughs> so when did you decide, hey, I'm, I want to make a career out of this. I want to make an album. I want to cut an album. I want to perform all the time. You know, I, I think that it was always in the back of my mind, whether or not I was actively, you know, working towards that. I, I never lost. It's kind of that childlike, you know, dream that everyone always has. That that was the one thing that was that was like a true passion of mine. If I went out and sang karaoke or if I was singing alone in my house, it was always the thing that inspired me, you know. Um, so I, I was actually planning on going to medical school. I moved to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um years ago 2008 i think and was singing at a karaoke bar and i met a musician who upon hearing me sing said you should join a band and it was kind of in passing and then i got a phone call from an agent and joined a cover band and that was like the end as soon as i was in a working band i was like never again am i going back to doing any normal thing again you know whatever normal means but that, that was kind of how it all started. And, and then I joined Marigold after that and then started working with another producer and did this new album after that. So since 2008, that's kind of been the, the thing for me, you know? So what made you move from, you said Seattle, then you're in Baltimore, now you're in Boston. Is Boston a better music scene yep. for you then? Uh, well, I mean, Boston, 
arguably has some of the most talented musicians and players in the world. I mean, we have, you know, incredible school systems here for them. And, you know, Aerosmith is from here. So it's <laughs> a little bit of love that I have for that. But actually my boyfriend is from here. That's why I decided to relocate to Boston. I was living in Vegas prior to the pandemic. And when that happened, it was kind of the, the final, you know, straw and I moved out here and I love it. It's a beautiful community. Now let's talk about what the pandemic has done for your career. It's, it did it make it stop? Cause some people it thrived cause they were able to do stuff online. But how about you? Has it kind of like made it come to a standstill? Well, I, I don't know about a standstill, but it's certainly put a wrench in the plan. You know, I, I finished this, this album prior to the pandemic starting and only just released it about a month ago. So the intention was to release right like early summer last summer and when the pandemic hit it for obvious reasons made it challenging to do that whether it was you know getting into to mix and master or being able to tour to support the album or just you know people wanting to receive artistic content at that time i think it was just a really hard time to to mm -hmm. put anything new out so it, it basically put the brakes on everything for an entire year and then we were able to resume that you know within the last four months. What did you do in the meantime? How did you keep from going stir crazy? Cried every day of my life, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know, what, like, what does anybody do? We, we, we roll with the punches and, and like figure out what to do with, our, with each day. I mean, honestly, like the, the transition from living in, in Vegas to moving to Boston and kind of changing my whole life and changing, you know, my scenery and getting acclimated with this space has, has taken up a lot of that time. And it's been kind of a cathartic healing, um, you know, time for me. And I'm sure for a lot of people, because it really made us reconnect with very basic things that I think we lose in our day to day, you know, shuffle and hustle and bustle, you know, did that help you become more in tune with your creative side? I mean, you already were in tune with it, but it did it help you become more in tune and were you able to create other things during that time? Absolutely, yeah. It's helped me connect with other musicians. It's helped me, you know, communicate in a way that is, I think, more authentic because you have to really connect with things emotionally rather than just like, you know, kind of doing the robotic day-to-day -day mm -hmm. things that we do, you know. So, and and also, you know, with any great turmoil and strife, there's a a, a tremendous amount of art that can be kind of a phoenix out of that, you know? So there, there's there been, you know, writing and collaboration and, you know, a lot of things that are gonna contribute to a, a, another record, which hopefully mm -hmm. will come out within the next couple of years. So it's exciting. So you said you co-wrote a lot of these songs. Where did the inspiration come from for these songs? Uh, I mean, that's, it's kind of a tough question because I think that that would have to be kind of on a, on a instance by instance basis you know every every song has a different kind of connection whether it's so especially when you're collaborating because mm -hmm. when you're collaborating you know every person has their own experience and what is my experience might not be Steven's you know and and what is his might not be mine and some songs like I, for for instance I wrote a song about my younger brother who passed away about seven years ago in, a, in an unexpected accident and that song is called save a place for me on the album Mm -hmm. And that was a very personal one for me that was written specifically about that experience. But there are other songs on the album that are maybe less specific to, to a single incident in my life and more 
you know, kind of representative of a feeling that I've had over a, a handful of instances in my life that create this kind of emotion or, you know, expression. Now walk us through the journey from when you first signed with somebody to when your album is, is complete and it's on the shelves and it's ready for, for people to buy or to download. I mean, cause honestly, a lot of people think, Oh, people hit it big. It's like instant, but it's not, there's a lot of hard work behind it. So talk about the work behind it. Cause I really like more it's, people to know what it's like. It's true. It is a lot of, of grind, a lot of behind the scenes. I mean, while I was doing this record, not a lot of people know this. I was, I was remotely working with the producer and co-writer, um, who was at the time living in um, Philadelphia area and I was in mm -hmm. Las Vegas and to, to just communicate based on scheduling and he's an active working musician as well. So like trying to, to get together our, our schedules for me to go out there, I would fly out like every couple months and we would do, you know, four songs or I would, we, we had several songs that didn't make it to the album as you can imagine. Um, but we were kind of, the, the entire experience was kind of this like juxtaposition of like, who can do this? And when can I do that? And is it ready for this? And, and kind of re-listening a year after we started and being like, Oh, I don't know if that's exactly what I intended to do with that. And, um, you know, so I don't think that things are quite what they used to be when, when people used to, um, get record deals in like the seventies and eighties and mm -hmm. even nineties, you know, since the, birth of like LimeWire and Napster and, and kind of streaming music, everything has changed. So a lot of artists are doing things differently than, than maybe we once did. You know, it's not, it's not like three weeks in the studio and then you're out like the yeah. Beatles did with some of theirs. Now it's like, you know, six months or nine months and finally it's out, you know, it's, it's interesting. So talk about when you first, somebody came up to you and said, I want to sign you for an album deal. How did you feel? Talk about your emotions. Cause I'm sure you went through the all gambits of emotions at that point. Yeah. So I've, I've gone through that twice now and you know, every time it's kind of surreal and you feel like just a, an immense amount of gratitude and, and thankful that you get to express yourself in the way that you, you want to most. And that that somebody wants to receive that, you know, that somebody believes enough in, in the thing that they've experienced you doing that they want to put money behind it or time behind it or, you know, just any kind of investment behind your your creative vision. That's a pretty incredible feeling. You know, I, you know that obviously based on what you do. It's it's just a it's surreal. I still feel like that every time somebody's like, I listen to your album and I love it. I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. Thank you. You know. Yeah. Really? That feeling never goes away. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's an immense feeling of gratitude. Well, I would say as we're talking, your voice is totally different when you're singing. It's a little is bit it? deeper and brassier and it's like, so, I mean, it's so, could you sing like a few bars of one what of your you, songs? What do you want to hear? Whichever, whichever song you want to hear on the album, whichever song you want to. Uh, do you remember when you made your overture? Fun as a lovely tale, selling every word. Wow. I got goosebumps on that. I was that and honestly, folks, that is the same as it is on the album as well. I mean, you no auto-tune or anything on that. You like uh, you belted it out just like that on the album. Thank you. I appreciate you putting me on the spot for that. Thank you. I should have warmed up first. 
<laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I know sometimes you need to warm up. I totally forgot that. No. Now, now your journey has got twists and turns in it. So talk about when you decided that you were going to make your music your number one priority in your life. Because obviously you moved from Vegas. You tried to, to, to the med school and then you were in Boston now with your boyfriend. So when did you like, when was that light bulb saying, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? Well, you know, I think I lived in LA for, for a long time. I went to school out there after I graduated high school and I spent a lot of time kind of doubting my, uh, whether it was ability or aesthetic or just like how I would be received. It's, it's, that's a tough place to live because everybody is vying for the same 15 seconds and, and it takes a lot of courage and perseverance to be in that that kind of community and I, I because of all the self-doubt that I had when I was pretty young I put all of my kind of musical dreams on the back burner and thought like I don't know if I have what it takes to make it and so I I had determined at that point that I was going to focus on something else which I wanted to do which I wanted to be med school moved to Baltimore met the people at the karaoke bar and when I was able to kind of share that love that I have for music again and get out in front of a, a, a you know, get on a stage in front of a, a fan base that wanted to receive that. That first show was the day that I was like, never again will I doubt, you know, what I do because it's art is art is such an interesting interpretation for any human. Like I might love Picasso and you might love Monet and, that doesn't mean we're wrong. It just means that your perception of something is what inspires you, you know? So there are always gonna be people who don't love what I do or love what somebody else does, but that doesn't mean that any person that's doing it is not valid. It just means that it's received differently by different people, you know? So have you heard your um, any of your songs on the radio yet or no? I have heard in in various places, yeah, and it always freaks me out. Like every time I hear something, I'm like, Ooh, I feel like I should know this song, and then it clicks in that it's that it's my song, and <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's it's a it's a amazing feeling, but it's still extremely surreal every time I hear it. I love that. So, do you remember the first time you heard one of your songs, though? Um, the first time that I. The first time I was surprised by having done something, I was actually playing with my former band and we were we were in Russia playing, uh, touring out there. And I remember looking into an audience of people whom I had had the, the honor of getting to know before playing the show. And most of them didn't speak English and watching them all sing the song that we had written and we were performing you know, word by word and just thinking like, this is so bizarre and surreal that these people who don't actually speak English know all the words to this English song and are, are singing it with me. That was such a cool experience, you know? Yeah. You just mentioned touring in Russia. Where else have you gone? Oh man. Um, kind of all over. We did, we've done Russia, we've done Asia, um, South American stuff, kind of like, obviously all over the US, um, UK, but I have a lot of places I still want to see. Now, what's some of the places on your bucket list that you want to see then? 
I'm dying to go to Africa. I mean, a mil a million countries, but like Tanzania, South Africa, uh, Mozambique. Like I just, I, I love the culture. I love the aesthetic. I love the, you know, kind of ecosystem out there. It's just incredible and, and super foreign to us, you know, mm -hmm. as Americans, it's so different. So that's, that's probably my number one. Now, if there's one person who you only could pick one person to be on stage with to sing, who would it be? Prince. Prince. Yep. Prince, for sure. Prince. Would you sing one of his I mean, songs? As far as performers are concerned, I'd be terrified as to sing one of his songs. I mean, I would love to. I would love to. But <laughs> Prince is like, for me, Prince is like a legend because he, not only is he an incredible performer, but he, his songwriting is, is amazing. I've had the, the pleasure of touring Paisley Park, which is his studio. It's one of the most mm -hmm. famous studios in the world. And just knowing kind of his story and that he lived in music and, and you know, lived and worked and, and entertained and performed in this space that he created, it just is like awe-inspiring to me. He's I love that. incredible. So you wouldn't want to sing one of his songs with him? You'd be too nervous to sing it? Oh, I definitely would want to sing one of the songs with him. I would just immediately apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I would certainly, I would perform any song ever with friends, but, or would have, I should say. But, you know. What song would be the most one if he asked you, let's perform one? What would be off the top of your head? Um, I mean, probably Purple Rain. Purple Rain has, like, been my anthem since I was a kid, you know, just... Mm -hmm like listening to him sing that song and and lyrically it's just it's just beautiful i love when doves cry too i mean mm -hmm. i am a huge i i could celebrate the entire catalog yep i think a lot of people can because yeah. he, he's such an incredible talent that left us way I too slow i know it's awful it seems to now too often now we talked about some of it that's passed on what about current ones now people that are out there now or not current but still oh people gosh, that are outside. I, that are performing still. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Pink. I think she's amazing. Not only does she, her voice, is her voice incredible. I love that she has so much texture and, and flexibility in her voice, but she's also a, an amazing performer. I don't know if you, if you've been able to see any of her live shows, but she does these incredible kind of aerial shows that are, that are outrageous. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of Lady Gaga for a million reasons. She's mm -hmm. amazing. Lizzo, um, Dua Lipa, you know, I, I'm a huge Michael Bolton fan, which is uh, my close friends know about me. I am obsessed with his voice and have been since I was a young girl. I can see um, that. Yeah. Joss Stone, you know, uh, I don't know. There are a million. I feel like I'm, I'm doing no justice to like answering that question on the fly. I should think about it more and respond more accurately, you know? I love how you said Lady Gaga in a million reasons because you I said, know. and then that's one of her songs. It's like <laughs> I know, I know. She's amazing. She's amazing. My I have a, a good friend who has off and on stayed with me and my boyfriend in Vegas and he works on the show with Lady Gaga. So we've been able to see it several times when she's mm -hmm. when she is in Vegas and she is ridiculous. Like her, her live singing is amazing. Her show is incredible. She is just She's epic on every level. Are you taking notes when you go to these shows to what you can put into your show when you hit it really big? 
I mean, I think that that you're always taking notes, right? Like they're always taking something. That's that's what inspires any musician, whether it's Lady Gaga being inspired by Madonna's early stuff or, you know, um, Bruno Mars being inspired by Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder. You know, like we, we all take something from every musician or artist that we that we get to see mm -hmm. or listen to. So I don't think that it's an intentional kind of like jot down on a notepad. This, yeah. These are things that I want to do. But I certainly anytime I see anybody play, I'm respectfully admiring things that they do and consciously or subconsciously incorporating the things that I appreciate about anybody into, mm -hmm. you know, my career or my life in general. So have you met any of the big people that you wanted to sing with one day? Um, I haven't actually. I wow. look forward to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've met I've had the good fortune of meeting a lot of people, but the as far as singers, I, I ran into Whitney Houston once, um, who yeah. is one of my idols, and it was for about 14 seconds as I was walking off the karaoke stage and she was walking onto it, and I had just sung a song that she sings. Um, and that was like, I was 18. I just moved to Los Angeles. It was like wet behind the ears, freak out moment. Um, but I hadn't had the opportunity to get to know her after that, sadly. That would have been one of my, one of my number ones for sure. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned Whitney Houston. Cause there's a, um, uh, I interviewed somebody that owns a food truck here in North Carolina and his cousin is Whitney. He, he was cousins with Whitney Houston. And he's like, You're kidding. no. And he actually sang part of her song. Cause he can sing a little bit too. And it's just like, wow. It was like, but you never know the connections. I mean, he was just a down home boy. He has a food yeah. truck here in North Carolina and he was just like, yep. He said, what one thing people don't know about me. And he says, Whitney Houston was my cousin. I was like, wow. That's amazing. But you know, it's it's weird when you do meet people like that to see how like anybody else they are, you know. Mm -hmm. In a moment when you meet them and they're not on stage, you realize that we're all just the same person doing our own thing in a different way, you know. Well, did you immediately notice it was her or did you like Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Just yeah. check it. And immediately felt like the irregular palpitations from having sang one of her songs she got up and sang i will always love you and destroyed it was like mm -hmm. you know whitney but it it was a surreal experience for sure so what is up next for you you have your album out so what's up next are you looking at touring now that covid is kind of some of the things have kind of died down from covid yes yeah i've i'm so excited to see that things are finally that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel because it feels like the last year has been 10 years as i'm sure you have also felt mm -hmm. um i was just lucky enough to to finish getting vaccinated i'm fully inoculated now so i i know that i'm able to like do to travel and do some of those things but there are, you know there are so many places around the world that don't that haven't had that opportunity yet so mm -hmm. they, they can't have us travel there you know india is a place that we've been and that's just not somewhere that is is an option at this point so hopefully as things start to return to normal you know we can expand kind of local performance to international performance and and get back to what we've kind of been doing for so long you know so you're just performing locally in the boston area right now um I, I ha because I just finished getting vaccinated. I mean, I literally two days ago was was my 
two week from from the time that I got my second vaccination. I haven't performed in six months. So I'm I'm like I'm ready. I'm like, let's do this right now. And that's kind of what we're working on. We're we're you know, the album is, is just gaining traction and we're getting it out there and, and touring will come soon, I hope. Yeah. Because what does it mean as a performer not being able to sing your songs in front of a crowd? Because obviously you must miss it a lot. I do. I definitely do. I mean, there's there's a connection that you get with people in in moments of performance that is something that you can't duplicate outside of that. You know, it's it's I love I love performing in a studio. I love recording. I love the energy of, of creating. But, you know, human connection is a huge part of why I think so many artists do that. So it's, it, it feels like a massive void, you know, the last year and not being able to do things in the way that we, you know, at one point I was playing, you know, 150 shows a year. So to, to be playing two shows a year is obviously a massive change from, from what we're used to. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back into the swing of playing regularly. It's like uh, my favorite thing. Yeah, I can imagine because you get the vibe off the crowds and you get to know what music they really respond to as well. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it all worth it. You know, when you're when you when you create something and somebody is inspired by it on any level, that's like what makes what you did mm -hmm. seem worth it. All the all the hours of like the blood, sweat and tears and like, are we going to put this one on there? Aren't we going to put this one on there? You know, it just it, it feels it's a it's a massive validation in a way that I don't think you can get from any other place than live performance. Yeah, for sure. So is there anything else that you want to share with us? Any little nugget? I'm sure there are a million. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I, I really appreciate, I thank you for, for bringing me on. And I really hope that anybody who sees this loves the music and, you know, somehow inspires or motivates them to do their own artistic creation. And tell us the name of your album again and where people can find it at. It's actually a self-titled album. It's called Megan Krauss, M-E-G-H-A-N-K-R-A-U-S-S. -S, and you can find it at MeganKrauseMusic.com. All right. I want to thank you so much, Megan, for coming on. And I tell you, I've downloaded that. Your, your, and it's going to be jamming out here in the blog cabin for a while. <laughs> oh, I thank you so it. much. <laughs> thank you. So, guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Y'all, I hope you really got chills. I literally got chills when I heard her sing the first time on her album. And I will tell you right now, in her album and in real life on that interview with no music, backing her up, her voice is just the same. I want to thank you guys for listening, being part of the podcast family. Please like, leave a rating or review wherever you listen to. If you're going over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. That will help me out immensely. And it doesn't cost you a thing. And thank you most of all for being part of the podcast family. Be blessed. And remember, keep chatting. <laughs>